Can we open our Bibles quickly? Let us start this morning, teaching by declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that this morning from Psalm number 2. Uh, let's read it together. One, two, let's go. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely make the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence, and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Lord Jesus, we take refuge in you this morning. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we have declared. Amen. And as we go into the word of the Lord, we receive from the Father understanding. Amen. We receive insight. Amen. We open our hearts to be flooded with light from above. Amen. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. And we receive that that hearing with faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we declare as follows. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Let's begin to teach this morning. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, sir. Can you do me a favor? Can you greet like, um, how many people around you? How many people do you have around you? Get like six people. I don't know where you're going to find them, but bless the person you know, with a word. At least six people. I greet all of you in Jesus' name. Now bless the person. So the Lord will speak to you. Understand is your portion. <laughs> all right. The Lord is good. Last scripture I said I wanted to read. I think I should quickly read it. Before I get into my message, he said, The glorious throne exalted from the beginning is a place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of water. That was Jeremiah speaking. You know, if you go and read Jeremiah chapter 17, Jeremiah emphasized something to us, and I don't want us to ever forget it. Now, human beings, 
I'm sorry to say this. Please, I'm not being partisan. Let me start again. It just came to my mind to instruct us. You know, election in Nigeria is getting closed. Okay? It's, it's next month, right? We're almost at the end of this month. All right? Today is, um, what? 21, all right? 21st of January. Election is sometime toward the end of February. So we are just about a month away from election. Please, if you have not read my book, let us agree. And you are here. You are a wicked soul. Just know that. All right? Because some people are just stubborn. No matter what you tell them. If you don't know how to read, have somebody read it to you. Lazy bones. Sometimes that's what people are. They won't agree to read. But what I'm trying to say is that, please, I, I'm asking everybody to please make sure you read that book. Let us agree. For those who are not, they don't know where they can find it, it's in a bookshop down on your phone or your smartphone. It's in a bookshop on your computer. It's in a bookshop on the internet. That's the point I'm making. And it's free. Just type this bit link. Agree 2022. That's our bit link. Agree 2022. It's bit.ly slash agree 2022. Or you can go to our website, pastor.ng. Go to the book section. You will see it there. It's a small book. It's not a big book. I told one of my colleagues to read it the other day. I said, it's a small book. He shouted 72 pages. I said, hey, it's a mini book. It's the way it's arranged. You understand my point? It's not 72 standard pages. It's supposed to be a tiny book if it was printed. It's one of those books you just hold in your hand. And you will finish at a sitting. I mean, I don't mean you sit for a whole day. I mean, you're waiting for somebody. You finish it. If you're a fast reader, in less than an hour. All right? So it's a small book. Please, I want to beg the church of God to read the book. I'm not selling it. So, in fact, uh, people try to ask whether I will print. I said, no, it's not going to be. The truth inside are eternal. But that one, I wrote it specifically with dates and references to political parties and all of that, which makes it particularly relevant just for now. After now, you can read it and you decipher the, the lessons inside. But... But I'm mentioning NNPP, Labour Party, APC, PDP. You know, Nigeria political parties come and go. There was no APC until just about eight years ago. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. And then um, ACN disappeared, CPC disappeared. So we don't know who will disappear next year. They are always disappearing. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to say. That it's quite. Um, it's a book written for this time, even though the truths therein are eternal. Is the reason why we're not bothering to print because there's a focus on this time. So I don't want to pack a lot of books. But because it's easy to share through WhatsApp, Facebook, um, on the internet, any way you share things, please do share it. So it's there. The bit link, I just gave it to you now. Just type that into your phone. It's a very small file, about one megabyte. It will drop into your device and you can read. Now, what I'm trying to emphasize again this morning, and I started by saying I'm not partisan, even though people always interpret what you are doing. They would deliberately interpret it, that you're either for this party or you're against them. Again, I'd like to, you know, God has given me something to boast about. And that's the fact that last time people thought I vote for a particular party. Meanwhile, I was on my private, on my private, because I have a right to privacy, you understand my point? On the private basis, I was campaigning to my friends for the other political party. But when I speak, they interpreted. If I had a small disagreement with somebody that I was correcting something, and I will say it to you openly. Some people don't like it, but I will say it. When APC chose um, their flag bearer, 
and he picked another Muslim as his running mate. The church started talking. And we were posting things up and down. And I answered, I said, how is it your business? I said, it's a party affair. If you're not a member of the party, please go away. And I still say it. I don't have it. Uh, yes, I mean it. If you don't like it, vote for the award. Opponent. That's why it's called democracy. I, that's what I said. And I still say it. Too. I'm not changing my mind. You know what somebody interpreted that as? Support for ABC. That I said, why are you making somebody's internal party issue your business? If you choose a candidate I don't like, you know what I'll do? I turn around and vote for your opponent. Who has the thorough mix? The next guy is Muslim, Christian. The other one is Christian, Muslim. And the rest are Muslim, Christian, Christian. It's all over the place. I said, why are you fighting a person in whose party you don't belong? If you don't like it, you know what you do? Don't vote for him. It's a simple thing. People brought it to church. That's why it was annoying me anyway. I said, what's all of this? And I'm saying it again. Please, basically, mind your business. And I still say that. People will disagree. I don't like getting involved too much in politics when I'm preaching, okay? I'm just trying to bring Christians out of it into true spirituality. How you select your presidential flag bearer. Do you know even Nigerian law does not allow the courts to intervene in some things? They will tell you it's an internal party matter. Those of you who are lawyers who know the, the, the laws, you understand my point. There are things they just you know it's an internal party matter. If you go and sue them and say that there's not a fair representation of women or people from, they say no, it's an inter party matter. If, if you cannot sit amongst yourself, it's none of our business. Please read my book. I explain these things in details. Why I am bringing up again this morning, even though I didn't plan it, it's as I began to preach that it dropped in my mind, is that as people, we can scuttle the plan of God. We have the power to do it. We have the right to do it. We cannot scuttle it eternally. We only scuttle it for our generation. If God wants to do something, if you don't do what you are supposed to do, or respond the way you are supposed to respond, you will end that plan for your generation. You can postpone it. God may say, okay, for this is you have done, whatever it is I want to do for you, I postpone it by another 20 years. He can say, this generation will not see my blessing in a particular area until their children are the one in charge. So you push blessings away for another 30 years, 40 years. He does it. Look, just trust me, he does it. I know the scriptures enough to be able to tell you that. Unfortunately, people don't realize when when they are blocking his work. Like I said earlier, if you talk, they say you don't like our candidate. Somebody has asked, well, why is Pastor Banky not supporting his candidate? God will punish me and put me out of ministry if I support anybody from here. You have to understand, the word of God brings ministers of God what Jeremiah calls derision. It will bring anger against Jeremiah said, I won't preach again. Because people are angry with him. He finishes preaching, everybody is listening. Then the priests, the other prophets, and the people started beating him. And they said, kill him. So for me not to be popular, I don't think 
is something I should run away from. So we had into, when I was telling you that, we had a disagreement amongst a group of people. Because I just said to people, why are you bothering yourself with internal party matters? It was interpreted as support for APC. All I said is, why are you bothering yourself about a party's internal matters? They said it was support for APC. And somebody reminded me, in anger, that if, I, if I, my memory serves me well, this was how you said we should vote for APC eight years ago. I said, me. Moi. I said, your memory serves you very poorly. That's what I said. You're not the kind of person that discuss politics with, number one. We don't even see each other. The only place we talk is on this platform. So just scroll back and show me where I said that. If I was even upset with somebody, I said, look, please put in a mouth. Because I didn't want to answer. Put in a testimony for me because I quarrel with you. That's personally. For refusing to vote for PDP. I don't know what I get my point. I was, like I told you, on a private basis. I went to vote for PDP. And I quarreled. <coughs> when my mother said, change is what we need. Me and her quarreled. Yeah, now, because when I talk in the open, I'm instructing people of God. I'm careful. So they took whatever I said and interpreted it. One brother, he said, he will have sworn that I voted for APC. I said, why? Because I said, vote that... These are the kind of things I said. I said, your vote is a statement of what you believe. Do you get my point? I said things like, if you're angry about something, vote against it. Whatever is more paramount in your heart. Now, why did I vote for who I voted for? Something else was more paramount in my heart. And of course, whoever I voted for lost the election. I gave thanks for whoever won and began to support him with my prayer, my positive words on a daily basis. This government has been in power for almost eight years now. I have not one day said anything negative about them. Not one day. Not in my dream. In eight years. It's my principle. It's not new. I've done it for 30 years. It's not, in the, it's not about the party. I, did, I started, I learned my, script, my scriptures when Babangida was in power. I did with Babangida. did with Abacha. did it with... Um, uh, uh, so I did it with Babangida, Shonekon, Abacha, Abdusalami, Obasanjo, um, Yaradua, Good Luck, then Mamad Buhari. And how many parties have I counted? Nigerian Army Party. <laughs> of course, you know, the military was in power. Of course, PDP, APC. It's just, it's not about party. It's about once you are in power, I understand that I must contribute faith. It doesn't mean I agree with you. People say, you have to speak the truth. I say, then go and tell them, not speak the truth on the streets to people who are not listening to you who can't make any change. I don't know whether I get my point. They say, you have to say the truth. I say, well, stop lying. You speak the truth to a child group of poor people who don't have any power, who don't have any political... Are you get my point? So what is the truth you are speaking? If you want to speak the truth, write a letter to your senator. You want to speak the truth, write to your House of Rep member. You want to speak the truth, write to, go to your local government chairman. I want to speak the truth right to the head of state. Yes, they are allowed to do that. One of my friends, he lives in America. He said one day he wrote Barack Obama as president because he was angry about something. I said, my brother, is that not what I've been saying? People said, don't bury your head in the sand. I said, this place amongst your friends is burying your head in the sand. Those of you are talking nonsense amongst your friends. You are burying your head amongst your friends. They are sand. They are not important. I'm sorry. Don't mean any insult, but you get my point. 
They don't make decisions. They are not in the Senate. They are not in the House of Reps. Nothing. I don't, I'm not saying don't criticize and like, don't disagree. If you disagree, write a letter. I, I know, join a pressure group. I'm talking about things you don't understand. Whether the federal government said they are going to put toll on the second Niger bridge, fire don't start again. I said, why don't you just destroy everybody? Because I'm tired. From the day they decided to bring that bridge, they said there will be a toll, a toll gate on it. It's going to be meant, paid for by toll, maintained by toll. People turn into a tribal issue. Oh, I need this talking today. You cannot toll our people. I said, hey, somebody now joked and said, <laughs> he was trying to mock. He said, maybe they should blow the bridge. I said, please, we don't joke about that because I know boys who will blow it. Too. <laughs> I said, human beings, you know, you just think you must wake up in the morning. I said, they get their kick out of disagreeing. Like somebody said, this really happened. There was a protest. He ran and picked up the placard. The protest was over. He said, oh, you guys didn't call me. He said, anyway, what was it about? <laughs> Did he have the gist? He saw a protest. He ran there, picked up a placard that was on the ground. Uh, we're not going to grill. So they said the protest has ended. Oh, he dropped it. He said, eh, why didn't you guys call me when you started? They said, sorry, we didn't see you. He said, okay, so what was it about? He had no idea. All he just knew was there's a protest and I must always join. I want to know the truth. 99% of those who are protesting, they don't know that in Nigeria, we don't have time for that nonsense. 99% who are protesting against climate change don't know what they're talking about. What is climate, climate, climate? They have no idea. There's one small girl from Germany. That's how you know the world is crazy. She doesn't know anything about life, which is why most world leaders just tell her, my friend, get away from there. Go to school. Donald Trump said, I better go to class. How can you come at the age of 15 and say you're a climate activist? You don't even know what they call climate. You, you are lying. They are just using you. They always look for a poster child. Someone to represent something. And I'm supposed to take you seriously. If I was the one, I won't let you anywhere. Ten kilometers near the UN building. People just like to disagree. So I have a responsibility. Because there are so many disagreeing creatures in the nation. Let me be one of those who don't bring up or forth a spirit of anger. Even if I'm angry, I kill the spirit. Because the person in power needs a climate. No, everything needs a climate to thrive. And we generate climate by our attitude. If you have a good man in power and you release negative vibes into the spiritual realm, he will not have the climate to thrive. Many Nigerians make me laugh. Not because they are Nigerians or because they are human beings, but we are together in Nigeria, so I can see them. Everything they, they, they adore, I show them that if it's done here, they won't like it. They look at Rwanda and say, do you want a head of state that stayed for 30 years? Now, I'm not angry with, um, what's his name? Paul Kigami. No, bro, bro, Paul, please, I would like to come to your country to preach anyway. So, I'm not angry with you. I'm just saying when Nigerians want to praise him. Please, allow us also have a president that will sit on power with full power for 20 years. Just allow that. But you know we will never agree. Obasan just tried to talk to him. Everybody wanted to shoot him. Now, I'm not saying they are wrong. I'm not saying he was right. I'm just saying. Then they turn around. After refusing that anybody should rule more than eight years in their own country, 
praise a man for ruling for 20-something years with absolute power. Come on, be real. He said, hey, what is this? We can do it here. Lee Kuan Yew said, I saw this one. He said, I had to lock people up without trial to develop Singapore. Well, yes. The man said, we had to lock people up without trial. So people like, so where I go in Singapore those days? They put you in jail. Forget you there. And the man, he's not, he's not apologizing. The man said, we had to lock people up without trial. He said it was necessary for the country to develop. Now, we're all singing praise of Singapore and all of that. We will agree for somebody to use the, the method he used. I'm not saying we should agree. I'm just saying you have to take the whole thing before you start admiring somebody somewhere. And people can lie. Oh, they can tell lies. If you go to this country, they've never been there. There was a date, I mean, I'm sure some of our brethren from Ghana are watching this or listening to this. There was a day they praised Ghana so, because you know there's a period where praising Ghana as if it was heaven. When I asked them, is it Nigeria? I said, what's the price of fuel in Ghana? When you tell people they are shocked. Do you know there were protests on the streets because of fuel prices? They are not aware. Do you know they have the, one of the worst, if not the worst performing currency on this continent? They're not aware. They, they sit down here. You know, sometimes I just look and say, God, deliver me from foolish people. You can't have conversation with them. They published something a few days ago. So somebody forwarded around. Even though I know what NPC said is not true, I don't know. But they said they reviewed fuel prices. So it's supposed to be I think 185 in Lagos, then 194. Abi, those of you who saw it, 194 in southeast. And then somebody said, "Why is one, southeast 194?" You, you know where they are going. And that person said, "They gave the whole list. So I'll give you the rest in a moment." One person said, hey, "You know, southeast did not vote for Buhari." So I answered, "What about northeast that voted for him?" And the price for them is 199 In that list, the one is 199 I said, so what is the explanation you have? He said, I'm still thinking. <laughs> In my mind, finish your foolish thinking. On the subject, I said, when you finish thinking, talk to us. My mind, this foolish thought, this kind of heart you are using to reason in this life. And the fellow wasn't joking. When she first said it was a, it's a lady, I said, why are we like this? Of course, we know the reason why fuel price varies. It's because of transportation. It's a simple, it's logic. We're even having a discussion because it's Nigeria that operates a heavy dose of socialism. If you go to America, they don't care. What you say, I'm buying. If you carry on for your head, you can buy here. It's uh, $2.50. You go across, it's $100. They, they don't care. Somebody, ha- a businessman has a better seat as opportunity to say how you will cut the price down and undercut the other people. But trying to equate why we're having this discussion is this nation. But people will just get up and start criticizing. So I made up my mind. I will not be one of them. Even if I disagree, I will shut my mouth in public. I will rather go and pray. I will believe the best. Why? I'm generating a spiritual climate. I will say there must be a reason. Which usually there is a reason anyway. 
You just don't know it because it's not discussed with you. But when you have a negative attitude, everything, you will find a bad reason for everything. They say they want to put toll gates on the second Niger Bridge. Something they said from before they started, they told us. Somebody said, is it? Uh-huh. You want to oppress our people. <laughs> now, please, I'm just emphasizing why I do what I do. And I'm going somewhere. That it is possible for us to generate enough negative atmosphere. And, how do I say? Hinder, yes. And hinder the hand of God from doing what he wants to do. I'm coming again this morning to, because, you see, God counts. He has to have enough people. He knows that the world is full of foolish people. He understands that. He just says, let me have enough. I go to Sodom and Gomorrah, I need 10. I come to Nigeria, I don't know how many he needs. Maybe 10,000. Maybe 100,000, I don't know. Of people who think rightly, and that's part of my teaching for today. Of people who think rightly, who believe rightly, who speak rightly. He needs enough. And I'm saying, I've observed again, the way the average Christian I've spoken with is handling this next election, they will hinder the hand of God. They will. You know, it's just so clear. You know, you know my quarrel by the Spirit anyway, against this PVC idolatry. Now, we have a combination I've seen amongst many Christians of PVC idolatry and candidate idolatry. It has, you know, it's, 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 it's there. It pains me. You know, why it pains me is that there are things you do. You will say, God, please don't bless me. Please, I started by trying to emphasize, I am not against or for any candidate. I'm not going to tell you who I'm voting for. If I can go there deliberately, vote for six people. I'll just go thumb print. I'll just be thumb printing. Thumb printing. Roll it. Give it to them. You are telling me it's invalid. That's your problem. Me, I finished. <laughs> I finished voting. I just go there. Bam, 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 bam. NMPP. Bam. APC. Bam. PDP. Bam. Liberal Party. Bam. Accord. Bam. And I finish. I roll it. Put it inside. All of you. I, I, exactly. <laughs> I've just made up, I've just shown clearly that none of you is the key to my salvation. That's all I've just done. I've just made up. And then, please, I need to say this again. Because election is getting close. I need to set the hearts of the people right. So they can bring out a, 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 a right spiritual climate out of their hearts. So that God can bless us. That's what I'm trying to do. Nobody. Nobody. Okay, I know people won't like what I'm about to say. I look at all these candidates. I can't see the difference between anyone. That's my opinion. Why? They are all campaign the same way. First, we not go church before they begin go church. Those who will not go mosque before begin go mosque. They go church, church mosque, come say, I call with our pastor, our daddy in the Lord. They all do it. All of them. But that's not my emphasis. My emphasis is that I can't see God forbids me. Now, please, this is not politics. This is Christianity. God forbids me from looking at any one of them as a key to the salvation of Nigeria. God forbids. It's forbidden. I voted for PDP then, all right, some years ago, for a reason I won't bother disclosing now. It's not necessary. I didn't think they were the salvation. I just said, mm. you know, you vote according to what you, what's most important to you. 
Nothing wrong with it, please. I'm not telling you. Of course, you have to know what's most important to you. If you vote according to what is stupidly important, God will be angry with you. Say, so I like this man's hair. You go and vote for him. God will rank you amongst those eternal fools. Do you get my point? People are not going anywhere. So when he speaks, you know, the English is very exotic. You vote for him. God is saying, why do I have children that have no sense? I hope you're getting my point. So when I say go, vote according to what is important to you, all right, it's according. Now, you may be misguided, but at least you think it's important. What I mean by you think it's important is that you have a solid principle in your mind. They did not lie to you as an example that this person fulfills that principle. It's not your fault. God saw, sees that you voted according to a sound principle, even though they lied to you concerning or they managed to deceive you. You didn't vote for him. You voted for your principle. Do you get my logic? All right. Please, everybody do that. That is what God requires of you. Don't be swayed by what other people are saying. This man, I believe he's like this. And this other person is not like that. And this is important to me. So I will vote for him. Do you follow what I'm saying? Now, is it the salvation? No. I will not even really convince anybody because I believe. No, it just, I'm just making a statement before God. Whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah, I wanted to say this because people keep on arguing with you. But again, please, I just want to put it on record. I don't have time for those who disagree with me. I don't have your time. Pastor Bang, you have been arrogant. I have to be if I will do the work of God. I've never seen a prophet go to negotiate what he should say. If he wants to last in the ministry. And go and see whether you agree or not. See, let's not make this mistake in this next election. Some people have said things like, this man does not when I'm leaving this country. Yeah, you've not heard it. That's what is upsetting me. Things like that. Why some people are shouting, get your PVC? Is because they feel like they can mobilize enough support for one candidate. I don't have a problem, if you, but if you do it in church, may God not punish you. Because he will, if we don't pray against it. See, like I read that scripture just now. All of his, uh, Jeremiah, okay, let me just, just open to Jeremiah chapter 17. Let's just read it. I, I wrote it somewhere before. I wanted to just bring it out from there. But let, we have our Bibles. People of God. Oh yeah, there's something I wanted to correct again. Because I said people argue, you know. I don't have time to argue with people. In this statement, I've made many times. So I'm just giving it to you again. See, you are not the one that's speaking who will rule in the nation. It's not you. You want to know who's speaking it? Who is it? It's the, it's the Lord. It's God himself. Say, so why do we have democracy? Solomon said, it is what God has given you to be occupied with. Each time in life, God gives us something to be occupied with. You think the fact that you farm is why we have food? But that's where we have a problem. We don't realize the over... What's the correct word? English... Mama, over, no, 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 no. Is it the overarching or the, this, that is, this over, eh? overarching, right? Thank you. Overarching, overriding. You, you look confused. You don't know what I want to say. You should have read my mind by now. <laughs> the fact that at the end of the day is what he says that is final. 
That's what I'm trying to emphasize. We don't seem to recognize it. For example, we have food to eat. It's not because we are good farmers. This is what God does. He gives food. Now listen to this carefully. He gives food. When he has given food, I'm going to talk about that today. When he has given food, then we will now go out to go and look for the food that he has given. In doing that, we farm. In doing that, we fish. In doing that, we process food. But it's because he has given food. Even the lion, that's what the Bible says concerning the lion. Then the evening, he goes out to go and look for the food that God has given. That's why it is possible for the young lions to lack. And God said, no matter how dry things are, so dry that the young lions, because not talking about the physical lion, talking about the aggressive, powerful, working young men and women, is even the, 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 the lack and they are in need. He said, those that seek the Lord will not be in want of anything good. Because, you see, what happens is that you go out, people say, so when people talk, they don't understand it. They don't understand that overarching presence of God, the hand of God in things. They say that, look, look at how much we are earning, we are making. It is simply because we know how to work. It is not. It is because God has given you something. So when you go out to work, any work you do, he uses that opportunity to pour it in. If he has not given anything, people of God, work from now till tomorrow, you'll be, you'll be just be, people, you'll just be looking and say, why come things don't work in my hands? <laughs> Some of my class, we had a discussion recently. I laugh. You know, I laugh because I say, oh, I didn't even know this happened to people. Listen to this. I don't know. Some people here may be old enough when reached that poor dad was making the waves. Reach that poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. When the book first came out, and it caught fire in everywhere, everybody read that poor dad. I was about 20-something years, about 25 years ago, I was in Lagos when this one, the richest man in Babylon, was the one that came out, and people were photocopying it, buying it, it was everywhere. Everybody was reading, reading richest man in Babylon. We were reading Rich that poor dad when it came out, maybe about um, 20 years ago now, okay? So people followed the investment strategies of richest man in Babylon, and um, rich that poor dad. <laughs> I saw a man speaking the other day. I felt like I said, okay, you're a man of God. Stop talking things that are not scripture on the pulpit. He said, do you know, if you have been saving 20% of your income since you started working, by now you'll be a millionaire. I said, okay, obviously you have never done it. You, you, you saw it? I said, listen, obviously you haven't done it. You know, there are things that people say, they, obviously they have never done. They read it somewhere. Those who have done it know that it's not true. Because when you say 20% of your income since we were young, when the bank collapsed, what happened to 20% of your income? You forgot that part. When inflation was 40%, what happened to it? You forgot that part. And you forget that when you started saving it, and when you finally got a million, the million was worth, is now worth less than one-tenth of when you began to save it. Stop being silly. Now I found out so I said my colleagues were just in the other day. I laughed. They were yappy one. He was saying us to do this. Do you know? They invested heavily in everything. One guy said, I lost, I was surprised when I first heard him say it. He said, I lost a hundred million naira in the stock market. Yeah, wiped out. But that one said, oh, my own was 60. He said, don't mind this guy. He was leading us. <laughs> he said, me, lead you guys. He said, don't mind him. But after everything he said, he ran to Saudi to go and look for work. Really, the person they are yapping is currently working in Saudi, earning petrol dollars from Mohammed bin Salman. 
They say, if that's how the thing works, why are you still looking for work 20 years after? I don't know whether you're getting my point. These are men talking. I, I, I was reading the chat. I was just laughing to myself. I said, we always knew this, script, this thing from scripture. So after where everybody stopped talking, read up for that. Do you know, I hardly know anybody that bought land that doesn't have a story to tell on how he lost it. I'll buy, buy, buy. I know people, for the one that happened in Benin recently, very painful. After people have lived in their homes for like 15, 10 years, with all the legal papers and everything, the governor came, demolished all the houses. No, read it in the news. This happened just a few weeks ago. Not more than two months. The governor brought the bulldozers and pulled down almost all the houses. Why? He says government land. And it wasn't like the papers were there. What happened? The government took some land years ago and they didn't do anything with it. Then the community people went there and started reselling the land. You know, it was clean land, virgin land. So people started buying. One man bought, from what I was told, maybe like a hundred plots. He lives abroad, has money, so he decided to invest down home. He had his documents, had everything. Now, he sold some of it to his friends who are abroad, who trusted him because they knew him to be an honest person. The day the government decided to use his land, found it, all of them were declared squatters. And buildings that had existed for years demolished. People felt that they had retired. Retirement homes reduced to zero. I hope you're getting my point. So if anybody's telling you that uh, once you just invest like this, see, I will say this openly. I can give you a link. I said I will post this link. I think I, I didn't remember to post it. Somebody did a video and said the whole cryptocurrency and NFT thing is a major scam. Worldwide scam. Now, I can say it openly because it's not just me saying it. People who know, they've said it. So they always quote, every day I open news, Genesis has declared bankrupt, bankrupt uh, filed for bankruptcy. Gemini has filed for bankruptcy. Uh, this one, the other one was uh, FT, you know, was in, that's a uh, bankman fried. <laughs> People's um, hundreds of millions lost. And I'm like, eh. And I was, like, I was listening with Akuni yesterday. I said, Americans are very funny people. When it has collapsed, they will now sue you for fraud. I said, how come they never know it is fraud while it is going on? Because it is not a justice system. It's a vengeance system. How come they never sue you for fraud while it is going on? When Bernard Madoff was doing his pyramid, international pyramid scheme, Ponzi scheme, sorry, the Ponzi, slightly different from the pyramid. Do you know a man wrote the Securities and Exchange Commission like five or something between five and ten years ahead and said this thing is a fraud. I have investigated it, I've analyzed it, it's a fraud. Do you know what they did? Nothing. The, the supervising agency in the United States did nothing. The man kept on pressing them. This was years before the whole thing came to an end. That this man is running a Ponzi scheme. Finally, they replied to him that they have investigated and they found him to be clean. There's nothing. 
So while the man was in jail, he said something which I believe totally. He said they all knew what he was doing. But as long as the game is running, they were quiet. If anybody tells that it's Nigeria, this is if you go to America, they don't happen. Obviously, you don't know it. You know, you're just vomiting your ignorance. You don't know anything. I observe that none of these things collapse. Why they are? I mean, no, government never arrests anybody there. Why it is running? It's when it has collapsed. You now say bankman fry. What did you do? People, you now sue him for fraud. You now sue him for wire fraud, mail fraud, conspiracy to 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 defraud. I say, this man was doing this thing for years. Okay, people like Warren Buffett and Co. They've told you now this thing is a scam. Yet you won't shut it down. Then when it shuts down by itself, which is going to, it has begun. They now start arresting people. Go and watch the movie, The Big Shot. You know what I'm talking about. And this is the same system. Somebody said, put your retirement in. That was why, after Bernard Madoff, you know they never caught him, actually. He walked one day to the FBI, sat down, said, I've run, I've run a fraud for 30 years. Before then, he had arranged everything. Now, let me tell you something about his life. Be careful. Mammon has a spirit. Mammon is a spirit, I wanted to say. He had two sons. They both died before him. He had two sons. Both of them died before him. The Hina died in prison. Never came to a good end. So his wife, I think she's still there. No husband, no children. One of them had cancer and died. The other one committed suicide. You know, you're just chasing money, thinking money is the solution to your problems. It's not. It absolutely is not. And I found out recently that God punishes wickedness. Maybe recently I realized that nobody gets away with it. Nobody. I found out that God particularly punishes deliberate wickedness. That is why all these armed robbers, kidnappers, they just can't live long. It's not about police or anything. It's God. That is your own wickedness is extra. He, he punishes, oh God. Let me quickly add this one to you. If you have a position of power and you use it to oppress people, God will just take delight in punishing you. He will not have any idea of showing you mercy. Sometimes I look at some of these our policemen and all of that, just say, ah, there's no money. You're going to stop an innocent driver and find something wrong with him so that he can give you money. God will so punish you and even the children that bear your name under a curse. Especially when you laugh when you are doing it. Oh, God. When you find doing iniquity funny. Mathematics was invented in heaven. God will put power. He will square your judgment. <laughs> I'm telling you, he will just he will square your judgment. Now, what am I saying? Actually, I'm even going to that. Anyway, I think I need to tell people that. Please don't do wickedness. Sir. Please don't do wickedness. I beg you in the name of the Lord. There's no, especially when you're a believer, it's worse. There's no deliverance for you if you continue in wickedness. Today, deliverance is emergency repentance. What did I call it? It's quick repentance. That is, as I'm talking, you have stopped. As I'm talking, you, you've ended it. Say, no, I will never do wickedness again because God punishes wickedness. 
And grace does not mean he will not. Grace is the power to stop doing it. So, I was saying something about God's overarching hand. He's the one that provides for us. He's the one. That's where I, I lost my direction from. Let me get back in there now. He's the one that appoints leaders. I know people want to disagree with me. I don't have time to argue with people that don't know scripture. Call me arrogant is your problem. But there are too many scriptures unless you want to deal. People don't like the idea that, hey, so I've been wrong. You have been wrong. Democracy is what God has given you to be occupied with. In case you do not know. Saul was not imposed on Israel by Samuel. Saul was not imposed on Israel by Samuel. Even though God spoke to Samuel that this is the king I have chosen, Samuel still left it for Israel to choose by themselves. Do you get what I'm saying? Even though God spoke to Samuel that this is the king I have chosen, he was angry. In choosing him, he was not happy with them, but he chose him. He brought the man, Saul, to come and meet Samuel. He brought, supernaturally, you know the story, don't you? Donkey's missing. You go and look for donkey. They didn't find donkey. Let's go back home. Let's ask a prophet, a seer. They went to the seer. As they were approaching, God said to Samuel, that's the man I told you I was sent to you. So the missing donkeys were taken by some angels to go and use it to drag Saul out. He anointed this man king. And then Israel gathered to select a king by themselves. Someone said, go ahead, select. They started casting lots. Tumbon, 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 Tumbon landed on Benjamin. They brought out the families in Benjamin, the clans. Tumbon, 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 he landed on one clan. In the clan, they brought out the families. Tumbon, Tumbon, he landed on the household of Kish. Brought out the boys. Tumbon, 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 of course, their names. Finally, he landed on one guy called Saul. Say, where is he? He had gone to hide. Thinking that, oh God, Samuel, this one you have said is your own. If they don't find me, they can't vote for me. Then when they put his name, they picked him by lot. And then they said, where is he? They found him hiding somewhere. And they brought him out. He stood handsome, tall, head and shoulder, above every other person in the land. It's a perfect king. They chose him by lot. Samuel did not impose him, even though God had anointed him. Go and read your scriptures. God anointed David. Hi, God is another long story. God chose, God used to choose kings. And how you would know, go and read your Bible. Daniel, we have a vision of a king to come in 500 years. He will even give you the name. Isaiah will give you names of people that have not been born. And you're telling me God does not appoint kings? So this is the day of democracy. The democracy is the way you are occupied with while he still appoints his own king. Like I was saying last time, somebody said that uh, in, he, he, let the, the president you vote for, let your children be like them. I said, that's a very, very bad statement to make. I'm not trying to discuss that in detail. But they have given you now four front runners. You don't have a choice. If that man that said, let your children be like the person you are voting for, they all of us should sit at home because I don't want my children to be like any of the political candidates. Not one. 
There's not one I love enough, trust enough to want my children to be like. But like I said, let's break it down. In what area? Is he in height? Is he in complexion? Is he in intelligence? Is he in the amount of wealth they have? Is he the amount of connection they have? Is he in character? Is he in which area? If you're talking about character, self, who is there? Amongst them that want my children to be like in character. Not one. Democracy does not select leaders. God does. Then when you have democratically picked one, you will discover you have just picked the will of God. You don't have a choice. You see, you can't cut through that thing. It's not possible. You're not powerful enough. When Nebuchadnezzar did not, Nebuchadnezzar was arguing with God over it. God said, okay, okay, let's, let's prove it. Carried him away. See, Babylon developed without your involvement. See, Babylon developed without your involvement. So when they brought him back, the man was walking humbly before God. Please, it's taking too much of my time. The point I want to make from all of it is that people of God hear this as the word of God. I don't have time for argument. God decides who is head of state. So we shouldn't vote. Just like God decides wealth, does it mean you shouldn't work? Because people would be reading things you did not say. I've already established that prosperity, wealth, food is a gift of God. So when God has decided, then you go and do what is right. Where did somebody ask me this question recently? There was a place somebody asked me a question that, what if God reveals to a prophet the next president? Was he here? Where? Okay, yes, okay, yes. Was our radio broadcast, internet radio, Ask Pastor Banky, on program. That if God reveals to a prophet who's the next president, can he go out and declare to the user you can vote for him? My flat answer is no. You can't. I have enough understanding what you are supposed to do simply. You can discuss with the inner caucus people, people around you, not a problem. But you are not allowed to try to influence the democratic process with a prophetic word. And in Nigeria, we know it's clash of titans, the clash of prophets. And nine times out of ten, the prophets have prophesied they've been wrong. And even the ones that have been right, they were accidentally right. Yeah, because if there are two major contenders, if you prophesy this one, it's easy, 50 50. Anyone you can. Once your prophecy, this is how you know you are guessing. Your prophecy comes after primaries. You don't know what they are saying. Yes, no? There are many political parties out there. If you want, to, if you want me to know you're a prophet, hmm? prophesy before primaries. When there are 250 people vying in all the parties, then I know you're a prophet. But after they have declared who's there, they now come and tell you, say, oh my. that's why they have all been wrong. I still remember when Good Lord Jonathan was running that second time against President Buhari now. He was now president. All prophets, apart from one or two, said, the Lord said, he's going to win. They said he will return. I keep on saying, did not ask, where is he returning to? <laughs> yes, he will return to his hometown. Now, since I'm not saying God does not reveal, of course, you must have heard me quote some people before 
who God reveals to. But when they said it, it was so improbable. But if God were to tell you, just be quiet. Watch him play it out. Jeremiah said something once. Was it Jeremiah or Ezekiel? I think it's Jeremiah. He said one day he was, the word of the Lord came to him and said, your cousin will come. He will tell you to buy this land and all of that. Now this is where I'm going. Then that one came and said, I want to buy this land. Jeremiah said, then I knew that God spoke to me. He won't say, my cousin, suppose he's by 12 o'clock, suppose to offer me land. Would, would that have been a prophetic word? He was not allowed to go to his cousin and say, you are going to come to see me. You are going to offer me. No, he just watched. Kenny in his days used to tell us a lot of things like that. So he was preaching, a lot of him that that man sitting at the back is a pastor. After this meeting, he's going to ask you to come and preach for him. I want you to go. So he'll look at the person and say, okay, he finish his preaching. There'll be greeting, people will be greeting him. That man will just come. And say, um, I, 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 please, I want to ask you something. And you tell the person, go ahead. The answer is yes. So the person like, what? Okay, go ahead. I want to come and preach. He said, I told you the answer is yes. He, like, he was waiting for the question. He knew. He wouldn't tell you. He just said, the answer is yes. Do you know what I'm going to ask? Yes. Go ahead and ask. The person will ask. Sometimes he doesn't even say if he doesn't know the person enough. Just be quiet. He's just waiting for you to come. And most certainly, you will come. And you say, please, I was thinking that maybe you would come and preach for us so and so and so time. And he will say, yes. If he doesn't know the he won't tell you that God has said to me. He won't. But there is a prophet. is shown by the fact that God told him. And you did exactly what God said you would do. Not he hanging around. Do you want to tell me anything? <laughs> do you want to tell me? No. What I'm going to say is that so if God speaks to you, you are a prophet. What are you supposed to do? I'll give you prophetic discipline. Don't declare it loud. Not from the pulpit. Not all over the country. Not on the radio. That one you are campaigning. You wouldn't be credible. What you should have just done is just keep quiet and let events play out and prove that God spoke to you. You can share with some people close to you. Say, my brethren, come. That man will be the next president. Say, are you serious? Yes. How do you know? The Lord revealed it to me. And all of them will join you in watching. God, all of them will join you in watching. That's what you can do. Please, I feel of this, brethren, please, let's not spoil what God wants to do in our country. I'll give you some direct words from heaven. Number one, you don't know who he wants to use. You have no idea. Let me give some principles. That's, that one is, is the word of the Spirit. Let me give some principles. I'm just teaching you. Number two, please go and vote as you like. There is nothing wrong with you trying to persuade your friend to join you in your conviction. Nothing wrong. It's, it's legal, it's democracy. Another word from heaven you cannot keep your eyes on anyone as this is the person God must use. If you are one amongst those who say things like, if the man doesn't win, I will leave this country, you are sinning against God and you are tapping into divine judgment. Stop that nonsense if you're a Christian. You can't force God to do things the way you think. Another thing I should tell you get ready. Your candidate that you love so much may lose. That applies to everybody, whether you are supporting Labour Party, PDP, or APC. Open your heart. 
I want to say something that will surprise you. Open your heart so well that if God gives our current head of state a third term, rejoice with singing. Let me just leave it like that. Because people always want God to follow their own path to deliverance. Which was the problem they had when there was time to redeem the people. They thought he would come with swords and weapons and fight off the Romans. He came with gentle and lowly and started saying, repent. And started saying, if they slap you on the right, turn the left. If they say with you, if they say to you, go with us one mile, go with them too. They said, you call this deliverance, crucify him. Now, many people disagree with me. You know, you know now that I don't care if you disagree. And let me just say this to you. If I talk, you shake your head and not agree. You don't honor me enough to be blessed by me. You can't be preaching, you'll be shaking your head. You won't be blessed in my presence. Whether you like it or not, I'm a messenger of God. I preach by the Spirit. And if you argue against the word of the Spirit, you will not be blessed by it. So be careful. Some people come, they think I came here to discuss with them. You don't have to come here. You don't have to tune in to listen to me. But once you do, be careful. Be very careful. Please, can, let me beg you with this. If I say something you don't like, don't meet me at the back and challenge me. It's a sin. Just shut your mouth and go home. You can reject it in your heart. As a bank, it means nobody can correct you. It is not you. People can correct me. God knows who will correct me. Holy Spirit corrects me all the time. I have seniors that can talk to me, but not everybody who listens to me thinks they have the right to call me up and say, God, that thing you said is not right. I, sometimes we get emails. One man actually sent an email once that that thing I said on radio, I should take it back on, on television. I should take it back or, should, or, should, or, or we should stop sending him emails. I clicked and deleted his mail. Who's begging to preach to you? In case you don't know, I don't earn a salary from this. And even if I did, they don't count the numbers of those who listen before I get paid. So some people think they are actually doing you a favor listening to you. We've gotten some silly emails. You look at people and say, may God deliver you from ignorance. People will be threatening, threatening you. You're like, excuse me. How is your presence benefiting me? God doesn't enjoy. Go, go and read the scriptures well. Ezekiel. God told the people that are following you. <laughs> you are an entertainer to them. You know, there are those who follow me because they say Pastor Bank is controversial. And because they are looter people, they like trouble, they like protest. <laughs> So they come to kingdom or just to come and look for what to use to disagree. When they go outside, they go and fight about tithe, first fruit, sowing seeds, everything. They now said, some of them are giving me bad names. So their pastor will now come and say, why is Pastor Banky causing problems? He didn't know that, that guy had a problem. Why am I saying this? Please listen to what I'm about to say. Our current head of state was given to this nation by God despite us. The man made the statement the other day. Many people don't agree with it. Now, I'm not saying he's a perfect man. No. But God looked. I knew somebody who was in PDP, inside, and said Nigeria could not have survived another four years of Jonathan's government. 
man, these were people who campaigned for Jonathan to win that election. They fought hard. When, when everything came down, let's tell ourselves the truth. This country could not have survived four more years of that government. That the recklessness was excessive. One of my brothers told me to explain something. That people don't know Nigeria was so broke. Was so broke. That it's one of these major international companies that Nigeria holds a major share, a heavy share in. That they had one billion dollars to give the government. His august said, no, hide that money. They called for the money. They said there's no money. That when the government now passed away, you understand, and the new government came in, that when his MD presented the check for a billion dollars, it was collected by the vice president, was the one that came to, he said the man was almost in tears. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now we can start governing. Listen, God has been good to us. Last time the president was in something. He said, I have done my best for this country. You want to know the truth? I believed him. I didn't vote for him, so don't think I'm... I never voted for him. Twice he won. I didn't vote for him one time. I told you, if I vote for you, you're in trouble. You hardly win. I don't know why I'm just like that. But I think I know partly why. God makes me like that so that I can talk afterwards. Because if I voted for you, you think I'm defending my position. So it makes it easy for me. I can boast when I'm preaching to you now. But when the man said, I have done my best. He said, but now, he said something once. He said, this government has spent more on infrastructure than any government before it. He said, but he said, the press won't talk about it. They manipulate everything to make you hate him. What I want to say, like which I, what I've said already, I want to summarize it. It's a prophetic word. If you shake your head in your heart, This is the word of God. He said, I had mercy on you. That's why I gave you your current head of state. You, you don't want to know what you will have experienced if I didn't give him. When Donald Trump came in the first time as American president, Americans were shocked. But those of us who had inside said, this man is a gift. He had his own, you know the way he behaves. Like somebody was saying, it was my wife that was saying yesterday night, we were talking in the house. So let him not think that he's such a big, great man. That God used him, let him calm down. Because the man wants to run for president again. So when I told my wife, he said, hmm, hope he's not gotten into his head that I'm too much. Because the first time he won, he was shocked he won. He was. He was surprised. But God used him for something, it is clear. The nation was going on a particular trajectory, which this man said, will have, look, Listen to people like um, Neville Johnson. That the direction that country was going. In fact, he actually told them that they had better pray. They t- he told them that you're about to be ruled by a witch when Hillary Clinton was running for office. So you had better pray. So to everybody's surprise, it was shocking that Donald Trump defeated her. Those who understand, they understood, they understood that this man was the mercy of God. The nation was going in a particular direction. They were doing things that would provoke judgment. And God, because he's just, he will have to judge. But because he's merciful, 
he will try to help you so that you will not provoke him to judgment. So he gave him them this man who said, I will not allow us to continue on that trajectory. He was an unlikely person. They took his past and tried to use to manipulate things against him. They leaked um, audio recordings of the kind of things he used to do, tried to paint him as a very horrible person. As a matter of fact, he's not worse than the rest of them. Oh, no, he was never worse than them. He, definitely not, when you talk about womanizing, he definitely was not as bad as, um, let me not mention him, some of their former presidents. You know what I'm talking about. Those of you who know things like that. I want to surprise you with all this madness that was ascribed to him. His children don't drink. They never do drugs. They don't have a tattoo. <laughs> he would not agree. He said he has had friends who he saw drugs destroy their children. So his own children, he will kill you before you take drugs. And he will let you know. So just don't just go near. Go and read your scriptures. God chose Abraham because of what he would do with his children. Yeah. I said, can't you see? He will command his children and his household after him. In the will of the Lord, how to do righteousness and justice. A lot of Americans like him, they hate Jews. His own, his daughter married a Jew. When God is judging, you don't know how he's judging. There are some things that God is judging. There was something some, I heard that President Barry said something a few days ago. I laughed. He said, I've ruled for eight years. Have I Islamized you? She said at the beginning, they told us that's what you would do. He said, Okay, now I've ruled for eight years. Have I Islamized you? <laughs> oh, I pray that Christians will learn to trust God and stop following. Anyway, God looked at America and said, Let me show you mercy. So Donald Trump came in. And said, the things that we do, go and read your Bible, said the land became defiled and vomited of the inhabitants. He said, those things, I will go after them. Day one, he said, we will not export the worship of Molech. He didn't use those words. I'm the one using the words. He said, this one of exporting the abortion worldwide is not our job. The first executive order we signed was to defund any American healthcare agency that's exporting, that's preaching abortion. Not a dime from here. We will not pay. He wanted to stop transgenders in the military. Oh, did he finally succeed? He said, lie, lie. Come on, this, he said, this madness, not under my watch. He went after all, the, all this, uh, you must wed man, we must make cake for us. They all went silent under him. It pained me that the blacks did not have spiritual eyes. Spiritual freedom is more important than physical freedom. Those who put you in physical freedom you understand? Those who promise physical freedom is their bait for putting in spiritual bondage. And spiritual bondage eventually begets physical bondage. So if you have a slave master that says, all my slaves must go to church, be with that one. No, no, you want to know the truth? You may die a slave. You may, you may. But your children will never be slaves. They will be free. But the one that says, no, 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 no. You don't have to be this thing. In fact, go free. You're no longer a slave, but you don't have to go to church. You can be anything you want. Your children will serve that one forever. One generation after another, they will never break free. They will always be poor because there are different ways. You know, those days, to collect slaves from Nigeria, what did they used to do? For at least, Western coast of Africa. You bring sheep, right? You tie them. You put them on boats. 
Some of them will die, toss them overboard, right? Then you sell them. So slavery ended. No, it never did. Now, what do people do? They buy the ticket to the boat, buy mental chains, and do you know they still drown in the Mediterranean till now? There's something. What has changed? People now want to blame the, those countries. They, man, they didn't manipulate. It's a spiritual principle. You have not been liberated spiritually. So physical freedom is not yours permanently. That's the mistake the Americans made. They said the man is racist. Racism does not worry God. It, see, ah, everything gets level. Racism is far down. Please don't look at it, please, like I'm here to defend Donald Trump this morning. What I'm going to say is how God does things. God gave him to America with all his faults for four years. Why? He said, turn the trajectory of this country. If you don't, I will have to destroy them. So under his watch, he rearranged. Now, for those who don't know, I can say this. Eh? Those guys... Those guys can plot. The satanists had plotted to take over that Supreme Court. Before their president then left office, Barack Obama, those guys had control. They controlled that man. Before he left office, you know what happened? Mysteriously, the most conservative of the Supreme Court justices died. There were five conservative, four liberals. They needed the Libras to take over. All I can say openly is that that man died. And as a pathologist, I'm trained in that field. I can say to you, his death was mysterious. Is it possible? Why do you say mysterious? Because an autopsy was not conducted when such a pivotal figure in the nation died without anybody being present. By all our rules, you are supposed to investigate the death. It was not investigated. And the death certificate was not signed by a doctor, but by a justice of the peace. Basically, he died, and nobody asked questions. It, sh- it shocked those of us who are pathologists in Nigeria. We did not know it could happen in America. Because if it had happened in Nigeria, the talk would not end. Rubbish country. Nonsense nation. What is going on there? People would talk. It happened in America, and everybody went silent. Antonin Scalia died. And we don't know what killed him. He died in a hunting lodge. Nobody was there. At least by record. I said, hmm. See, when you're talking about darkness, you don't know the game you are playing. God rallied the Republicans. They said, Barack Obama, you are not replacing him. He had months. They say it's an election year. You're not replacing him. I know brethren, they began to pray. Say, God. This is trouble. If you cement that place with liberals, they will legislate that churches. Do you know, one mayor, I think it was in Houston or somewhere in Texas, was already examining the notes that pastors used to preach. He ordered them to submit their notes. Would you have believed that was possible in America? It happens in Canada all the time. People don't know. Oh, Canada. Is Europe transported to Northern America? They watch what you say from the pulpit. I didn't know it was possible somebody would bring that to America. When I saw it, 
I say that you can think about it in a country that's founded on freedom of expression and religious freedom. I personally found it very shocking. They did. Then the pastors protested. Now that they needed to protest was what shocked me. What was he concerned about? Whether you preach against LGBT agenda in church or you don't. And you know we are supposed to. Homosexuality is an abomination to our God. It's a sign that men are thankless and God has given them over to madness. The LGBT agenda, as you can see it, they, even, you know, most of the, they are not getting tired. In Europe, in, I think in Sweden, one of those countries, they've banned the, uh, the use of puberty, puberty blockers in children. They use people's children for experiments. When God saw it in America, I said, no. The Christian went and prayed. They asked God for mercy. I said, don't worry, I'll handle it. To their shock, Donald Trump was elected. Uh, this is my conviction. One major assignment he had was to turn that trajectory in the opposite direction. By the time he was done after four years, there are six conservative judges on the Supreme Court bench and three liberals. He said, now I can go home. That's God. He wanted to come back. God said, it's enough. You? I don't want to holler. Go back to your house. <laughs> and the greatest sacrifice they have offered to Molech for almost 50 years, the, the new Supreme Court panel ended it. He said, no, abortion is not a constitutional right. Because nothing but the worship of Molech. Joe Biden now rushed to go and pass legislation defending same-sex marriage. You know, sometimes you find revival, but it's not enough. And sometimes it's too late. I don't know whether it's too late, but apparently that one was not enough. When Giovanni came, he started again. He started again. And I pray, especially the blacks in that nation and the immigrants, think less about your own safety. Don't worry about your safety. God will take care of you. I want you to think about the generations to come. I know Republicans may look like the way they behave is not good, but they are more likely to give spiritual freedom, which is more important than physical freedom. But of course, when we go looking for what we shall eat, what we shall drink, with what shall we clothe ourselves, that is why we tend to lean towards the person that offers us that, even when he's putting us in spiritual bondage. That's the word of God on politics and election for now. People of God, let's not score to the work of God this time around. Let me repeat the instruction from heaven. God says, I pick who will be your next head of state. But I do it now. I use your democracy. But you can never suspect who. You cannot tell who. But you go. Vote according to your convictions. Vote according to your righteous conscience. Please, it's important. I told you, don't use stupid things. Your criteria, ask God, do do they make sense? Then when you are done, you can find... All these seven people on this row voting for seven different candidates and each one is voting the will of God. So some people will win? No. The first votes according to his conscience. The next one votes according to her conscience. Each one that is voting rightly according to what God has revealed is voting the will of God. The will of God is not the person. It's a principle. So by voting certain principles which each person interpreted differently God says I'm fine. In the midst of it, I will pick the person. I've already picked the person anyway. 
It's for you to know if I want to bless you. Because you must understand, when God wants to do good, see, people don't know. You cannot appoint somebody to subvert the evil that God wants to do against a nation. You can't. If God wants to do you good, he will bring the person he will use. If he wants to do you evil, he will bring you Pharaoh. He said, for this cause I raised you up to sh- so I might show my glory. It was God that made Pharaoh Pharaoh. You know what he was doing? And for those of you who understand, you can't even judge what God is going to do. Do you know one of the best presidents and heads of states that ever existed in the world was Adolf Hitler before 1938. Until 1938, if that man had just mistakenly died in 1938, the world would have celebrated him till today. He turned the economy of Germany around. He brought the, back the pride of the German. He gave them fire in manufacturing. Every inch of the country was buzzing with activity. In building his war machinery, everybody was working. They were in deep depression after the First World War. When he took off as their chancellor, the guy, when he took up the position, the guy, first, he renegotiated every deal. Say no, this is making us poor. We will not pay this money again. The average German, please, don't be angry with them when they supported him. He gave them their pride back. He gave them work. The country was buzzing. The economy was booming. But nobody realized that under, he had his own plans. Other economic activity was building mostly war machines. When the guy unleashed it, entered into Poland, you're so annexing every... He overran France in a way that the French general did not know was humanly possible. They told him, look, look at what Hitler is doing. He says it's not doable. No, it's like you telling me now that somebody is coming to see me. He's not nature. It's 9 o'clock. He said he said he'll be here before 9.30. And I told, you told me he's driving. What will I say? Even if the helicopter I wants to use, for the helicopter will rise. 30 minutes never pass. That also happened. Something like that. The man calculated the distance, the amount of manpower, the time they needed to rest and all of that. What he did not know, that the new drug had just been discovered by a German chemist or something. The soldiers did not sleep for three days. It's one of the drugs people use till today. They gave it to the soldiers every day. So for three days, young boys did not sleep. They marched persistently. For three days, non-stop. So what that general thought he needed a week to be done, they did it in three days. Before he knew, he looked back. The Germans were all over him. He overran France before he could blink. And the man began to segregate. Then when he saw he was about to lose the war, suddenly, started killing the Jews fast, rapidly. What am I going to say? By the time the war was over, the whole world hated Adolf Hitler. But just before the war started, he was the greatest statesman Germany had ever seen. Now, so, when, that, when you saw them supporting him, please, have mercy on them. No, think about it. A man rises from somewhere in this country, becomes head of state. All the roads, within five years, fully tired. Rails crisscrossing the whole country. You can't remember when last power went off. You can't remember. As your children are leaving university, jobs are waiting for them. 
anywhere they travel to the world, they come back within six weeks. What are they doing in which country? That is, they are just, so you see them bubbling. Everybody working has work to do. He has made arrangements with Taiwan and China. They bring solid machines into Nigeria. And now they are now making many machines now. Three major assembly plants for cars. They now hear that Nigeria started producing microchips somewhere in the north where the atmosphere is very dry. We stop importing wheat because we have a lot of land in northern Nigeria. You go and tap the man. Are you Jesus Christ? <laughs> no, you have to ask. I hope you get my point. When somebody will now come and tell you, uh, he raped one woman. You look say, bring the woman for me. <laughs> Madam, don't be angry. Say, take money. Okay, I will marry you. Are you okay now? No, you don't get my point. You'll be like, no, 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 no. They say, key person. you call the family of the person that he killed. Don't be angry. Who did he kill? Ah, okay. He killed one of your children, a son. We'll give you seven more sons. Don't worry. Do you know, you will forgive him of iniquities until one day you look. He has killed 10 million people around you. And you'll be asking yourself, well, what was I looking at when he was killing this number of people? That was what happened with Adolf Hitler. And one of the things he did was to, it was to put a label on the Jews. So he told the average German, they are the cause of all your problems. Because how could they have done that? Do you know many people in this nation will do that to certain groups of people? You don't know. <laughs> I want you to understand why Adolf Hitler was popular amongst the Germans. That's why the Bible uses the expression, the heart of man is exceedingly deceitful. Wicked. Who can know it? So what am I saying, people of God? As we head into these elections, please, let's open our hearts clear. Vote for who you want to vote for. Don't put your eyes on anybody. Continue to ask God for mercy, for favor. Many people will not like this. Another word from heaven. You will discover the will of God after the results have been announced. And then, if the candidate you, one of, you, one of the seven you voted for in front of wins, the other six must rejoice with the person whose candidate won and start supporting the person they did not vote for. I have done this for over 30 years. And my conscience is clear before God. The Lord is good. Have I said anything to you today? Can I start today's message now? Uh-huh, the Lord is good. Okay, let me do something. Can I beg you for another thing? Teach this to other Christians around you. If they are unbelievers, leave them, please. Don't argue. But if anybody is a person who loves the world, okay, what do you just need to do for me? All right? Yes. Just share that little, because everything I've told you now, I wrote in that little book. I just felt like emphasizing it again. Please share it. You know, it's free. So, it's just, let them just read it. In the book, I try to help Christians come to agreement. If we can come into agreement, God will do powerful things for us in this nation. And we cannot afford to let politics divide us. We can't. Please go and read the book again. Let us agree. It's on our, on our website, pastor.ng. Just go to the book section. You'll see it there. Or you can use that bit link I announced earlier. All right. Let me see what I can do today for the next few minutes. And then I won't keep you for too long. Let me just explain some things to us as is, well, this was the main message I brought today. And this one I began to explain last time. And that's the fact that human experience and human life 
or them like human life and experience occur in three levels. Don't forget that. There is a spiritual level. There is the, let me use the word, soulish level. And then there is the external or environmental level. Never forget that. Human life and experience occur in those two levels. I began to explain it last time. I just need to review it again. Number one, if God placed a curse on a man or a people, for example, we saw the examples of um, Eli, the household of Eli. Another example, Gehazi. He says, this curse, the leprosy of Naaman will not depart from you or from your descendants. Now, this is what happens. It is possible that Gehazi will have children that will not have leprosy. It's possible. I don't mean the curse did not work. No. Every spiritual thing is activated by something in the second level before it manifests in the third level. Do you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Every spiritual activity is activated by, this, by the soulish activity, a behavioral activity, a thought process before it manifests in the physical level. That is why it is possible to suspend a curse. It is possible to suspend a blessing. In medicine and genetics, we talk about skipped generations. Sometimes medicine will not know why a disease skips a generation. All right? Medicine has a lot. In fact, I thank God that I study science. It helps me to see spiritual things clearly. Right? So it happens. You tell Gehazi, this leprosy will not depart from you and your household from your descendants. And Gehazi will have a descendant that will not have leprosy. Actually, it's possible for Gehazi to have four children. Three of them have the leprosy. One does not. And three generations after that, in that one's life, it doesn't happen. Then the fourth generation, the leprosy appears. And they say, where did they come from? And somebody said, there's a curse upon the household of Gehazi. Say, but the father didn't experience it. The grandfather did he experience it. How come he's experiencing it? It's because the activation did not happen. I hope you're getting my point here. The activation did not happen. So what curses do? Because you see, in God's justice, in his justice, he allows you to decide what happens in your life. It's just part of his justice. So if he puts a curse upon somebody, a household, what just happens is that the children along the line are given the opportunity to either continue in the way of their father or refuse. Anyone that refuses, the curse is suspended. Do you get my point? Now, in the same manner a blessing is, Christians have been blessed. Let me tell you about being a believer. Let me tell you what Jesus Christ came to do for you and for me. He wiped out every curse in our lives. Every. Every. Every single one. But there's something about the laws of motion. It's called the law of inertia. The first law of motion. Isaac Newton saw it in the physical realm. And he taught it to us. He said every object continues. In that state in which it was. Either it's resting or uniform motion in a straight line. Unless something else comes to stop it or make it start moving. An external force has to come and compel it to do something contrary to what it was doing. So, 
If somebody is blessed, but the light, now listen to what I'm saying. There was a curse. For generation is activated, it activated something negative. Now a blessing has come in this particular generation now. It's a spiritual thing. But in the level of the soul, something is moving. Are you getting my point? That motion is still on from previous generation. Now what do I mean? For example, behaviors. Every group of persons in this nation, they have some things people know negative about them. They are also positive things. Okay? Now, like now they tell you that these people in this area, the men are lazy, they drink a lot. Have you heard that before? They tell you these people in this area, the women are domineering. You say things like that. Say, ah, don't marry a woman from there. They like to bust their husbands. Those are soul level things. These are not spiritual things. Then the level of the soul. Now what happens is that a curse began it. What the curse did was to teach them what activates the physical aspect of the curse. So for example, if a curse of poverty comes, as an example, is upon a lineage, you will hardly find anybody there that works hard and smart. That is, either they are lazy or they are stupid. Or both. Now you see, the reason why this work poor is because they are lazy and they are stupid. That's not why. The real reason is because there's a curse of poverty upon the whole. Listen, God told the Israel, these people with you will be fetchers of water and hewers of wood. You know what it means? After two generations, you'll find that they won't go to school. The Israelites among them will go to school. They will go, they will learn. This ones, by the time they are six, they already started walking. Already going up, up and down. By the time they are ten, they can't count. After a while, it's not about racism. It is about they are not good for any other thing but down to fetch water and to be cutting down wood. Then after another a few generations, they grew up with the idea that we are professional wood cutters and water fetchers. So every generation comes, nobody tries. Occasionally, one of them will want to rebel. Then the curse will activate enmity in the environment. They start telling look at you. By the time they speak negatively against him for some time, he also gives up. But he needs to give up, otherwise he will break out of that poverty realm. This is how it works. So usually when you see people having a set of problems, let me give you an example. There are places where you say that the women are very dominant, you know, they are very bossy, you understand? Go and check it. Marriage breakdown will be regular. Do you not tell that these women don't stay in their husband's houses. Because you actually go to their villages. Half of the women are divorced. Some say there's a curse there. They are not lying. But you can identify how the curse is working. Because, again, you know, I like to digress and teach you for something. They said there's one famous musician. Some of you may know. Somebody told me this. They were driving. Well, I went to work without my car. So somebody gave me a ride back home. So we were just in the car. He said this famous musician, he said he, has a, he divorced his wife. And that he now has a new woman he wants to marry. And she's a young girl. She's quite young, much younger than him. I don't think she's less than 15 to 20 years younger than him. Yeah, about 20. And that he said that for the first time in his life, he's feeling love. Some of you are laughing at him, all right? That guy too was like, don't mind him. I said, relax. Let me tell you what he's feeling. I said, for the first time in his life, he's feeling respect from a woman. Leave that. The guy said, mm. I said, that is what men call love. See, it's all these 18-year-old boys and 20-year-old boys that think kiss is love. Listen. Real men, you know what they call love? Respect. See, see the all of them are shouting, that's true. That's true. Can you see? 
All the responsible boys are saying, no, man, I want your loving, I want your kissing. That is what they, that is what they call love. <laughs> Real men. There's only one thing they know as love is respect. That's all this one. So the guy, when I said it, he kept quiet. I said, don't be angry with the musician. The wife he married before thought, eh, we're here struggling together. Now you've made it. He will never love you. Your voice is too loud. Women, I'm begging you. You can be happy in this your life. I think about it. I come to Kingdom World. Everybody greets me. Pastor, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Happy New Year, sir. Sir, everything. Sir, 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 sir. Then I go to the teaching hospital as I walk in. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. I come to the house. My child, hey, daddy, welcome. And I enter my bedroom. My wife doesn't do but just me. I say, hello. <laughs> you see, all the love is outside. It, there's, there's nothing, you don't understand. The contrast is too dramatic. It's too dramatic. Okay, even if, Pastor, not everybody is giving sir like you. I agree. But let him find a place where he also gets his own sir. I told that guy that day, I said, leave that thing. The guy said he's feeling love for the first time. It's not butterfly. When I saw you, my heart, they do me jiggy jiggy like railway. It's not that. He entered the house. The young woman calls the phone. Maybe he enters, she's on the phone. He comes in. He said, please, I'll call you back. What happened? My husband just walked in. Uh Please, I will call you back. She's reading. She leaves the book, closes it. You're welcome. And she stands up. Yeah, for something, you just said, Oh, Fred, how now? The guy would just say, I'm fine. I'll walk past you and go to the room. You know one reason why people love dogs? It's the way dogs react to you. You open the door, the dog starts running down from wherever it is. You will rub that head. My wife doesn't like dogs, but she's forced to love the dog we have. Even though she has shown the dog all forms of wickedness. <laughs> but you know, dogs can forgive. Once they are the owner, they will forgive you. You kick him today, today tomorrow he will come back, still wag the tail. Give him one small biscuit like this. All your sins for six months, forgive him. His human beings will be looking like, say, you want to poison me with biscuit? <laughs> the dog will eat the biscuit first. Now, so the point I'm making it here is this. So you find, you get to that place. Go and check the attitude of those women. Is what is causing the breakdown of the homes regularly. Now, unfortunately, attitudes are taught. They are easy to pass across. They are easy to pass down. Do you know there are women who grew up like now? Very common with. If you go abroad, all right. American black women are even they are very. They, they think it's a culture with them to fight you. It's a culture with them to shout at you, to scream at you. It's a culture. It's a, it's a, it, you almost think that the blackness is what... No, it's not. It's just the environment they grew up in. And that's why the instruction with the word of God is important. David said, come you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of God. The reason is that we learn things naturally. So something has to come and overturn that which we have learned. Something has to come. And you know, the truth sometimes can be so revolutionary... People can't listen to it. I'm wondering how I'm going to go to America and tell black women that, please, when your husband comes home, get off the phone, put your knee down. 
They're going to look at him. Hey, man, you think you're in Africa here? That's what they're going to tell me. They won't know it has nothing to do with being in Africa. It has something to do with bringing stability to your life. What I'm going to say is that you don't see young people who now grow up learning think that's the way it is. They watch it on TV. I remember one day we were in a program in school. A senior couple, they were, they, of course, not senior couple, they were a couple. The rest of us were children, so they don't like senior couple. So the man, he was preaching. We went like a, a nice, cozy hall, you know, like a lounge. That's where we had the program. So when he finished speaking, very beautiful preacher. Then the wife now stood up and said, you see, okay, um, just like Fred was telling you guys, and she continued to talk, all right. Now this is where I'm going. One sister beside me said, hey, to her. She called her husband afraid. No, very romantic. I look at her like this. <laughs> the Bible says you have to learn to approve the things that are excellent. That's not excellent. It's not evil, just not excellent. It's not evil, but it's not excellent. It's not worthy of emulation. You just notice, okay, now so you're be for this in our family. God bless you now. That's it. Say, so, what do you call your husband? I call him nine. What's nine? What does he mean? Uh, that's it. Say, hey, you don't call him Fred. No, it's too heavy for my mouth. Say, well, that's why his mother calls him. It's kind of heavy for me. Do you know, you, you, you go abroad, they call everybody by first names. Even your seniors. Number one, do you know, even they, they know it's not respectful. Even though it's acceptable, it's not respectful. There was one video we saw the other day. My Angelo. The woman said, okay, just like Maya said, a young girl, high school girl. The old woman said, excuse me, you can't call me Maya. I'm not your mate. There's a bad habit we are learning. We are, we are mainstreaming. You go and read your scriptures. Nobody ever called David, David. Nobody. Joab never called him David. His wife never called him David. Nobody ever called him David. His father could have called him David. Eliab could have called him David. Shammah could have called him David. Samuel could have called him David. Saul could have called him David. But none of those is men that laid down their lives for him ever called him David. Even when they were all hanging out together. What did they used to call him? My Lord. They don't even say, you said. No, they say, my Lord said. They're talking to him. They can't use you for him. If it will please my Lord, that's how they used to speak. So to now mainstream first names, for people who are your seniors, is not good. One day one of my students of those days called, asked me, my wife, how's Banky? My wife replied, Dr. Lushina is fine. Yeah, of course, they've been, they've been, this is shortly after we came to Enugu. They were very close to us. Shortly after we came to Enugu. So we were talking about like, that time we were close was like 20 years ago. We've been out of the country now for like the last 17 years, 16 years. I had to ask my wife, so how is Banky? My wife said, Dr. Lushina is very fine. You can't call him by the first name just because you have been in North America. My wife couldn't take it. I said, so are you for relaxed? He said, what? I said, just let them go. He said, she said, I lie. Let me wake them up to reality. This was your lecturer, your big brother. You can't call him by his first name. Please, let me try and <laughs> let me try and finish up. So the point I'm making is so you now see, so that behavior, the behavioral characteristics will continue. 
And listen to this. As long as it continues, the blessing will never come. We will keep on preaching. Jesus has declared redeemer from the curse of the law. We get to the same village. Christians are divorcing their wives and their husbands just like the unbelievers are. The ones that are not divorcing, they are unhappy. So they restrain themselves because the commandment of God says you can't. So they are obeying those commandments. But you get into the home, the tension is obvious from the door. As long as you're about to enter, you see two flies fly, fighting on the wall. You take another step in, the cat looks at you. Cat. The dog starts barking, doesn't even know who you are. Whoa, whoa almost tears the chain. They say, come in, come in, no, that dog is mad. <laughs> the owner of the house telling you my dog is mad. <laughs> then you enter the place, you can perceive the tension in the air. Yes, they are not going through the divorce like the rest of the village or the rest of the town, but they are not happier. And then somebody now comes and says, which village is that? Ah, there's a curse in the air. We have to go there and break it. No, they lie. The curse has been broken in Christ Jesus. Over the believers, the curse has been broken in Christ Jesus. What do we need to break? Bad habits. That is second level. There's only one way to break bad habits. Through teaching with the word of God. Go and read it. The Bible says that Jesus went around their villages teaching. What happened was that he came to his hometown. There he could do no mighty work. Even though many of them in that hometown had been baptized by John. Yes. Jesus could do mighty work anywhere John's baptism reached. He came to his hometown. These people had been baptized by John. But because they had this attitude, he says not my reason. Ah, the brother was saying that this pulpit here, he's the one that made him and his father. From where did he get his anointing? <laughs> the whole district had no respect for him. Therefore, the Bible says he could do no mighty work there. He did not, for, he did not forget them. He didn't. He now went around their villages teaching them. He had to build up their faith. Until he was able to build up their faith, he could not do any miracle for them. That is why, people of God, please, you cannot despise learning the word of God. If you do that, your blessing is in suspension. It's in suspension. It's in suspension. It's in suspension. Today I was talking with my wife. You know, she said something. I told her, I said, do you realize you are grumbling? She said, no. I said, no, let me explain to you. You have prayed. She said, yes. I said, from now, everything time this matter comes up, give the Lord thanks. The Lord is tired of hearing your request about it. She said, ah, I stood there. In fact, the children came to, no, time for prayer. I said, tell her I can do to start. I'm coming. I'm talking to your mother here. I spent the next five, ten minutes explaining to her. I said, I think you need to read Kenneth Hagin again. There are some fundamental truths that Kenneth Hagin taught us. Many of us have forgotten. So you ask God about it. I said, start giving thanks. Start giving thanks. As I was walking away, I heard her repenting. I heard her converting all her requests to thanksgiving. Now, so you will have said, okay, God, I pray you didn't answer. God said, I've been waiting for you to rest and accept the answer I have sent with thanksgiving. 
And if you don't do that, you can wait for one year. You can wait for two years. When God wants to help you, what he has to do is to send somebody. Please, I beg you. That's why I keep on telling Christians. Always go around fishing for the word of God. When the opportunity comes, go and sit down and hear. Because blessings are in suspension. Because people are not being corrected. That's why he said, cleanse of yourself of all defilement of flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That is when God has blessed us with those promises. Many times something will hinder it. So that kind of hypothetical time I was telling you about, where they have so many marriage problems, the Christians give their lives to Christ, they are baptized in water, their sins are forgiven, they go back home, they are unhappy. No, you don't break any curse anymore. The curses have been broken in Christ. You go there, open to them, Ephesians chapter 5, and you begin to teach. Ephesians chapter 6, you begin to teach. You go to First Peter chapter 3, you begin to teach. Because the Bible, that's why you will find out in scripture, that Paul started, one of the, in fact, Paul wrote a few books of doctrine. That is, this book was written for the sake of doctrine. One of them is Romans. The other one is Ephesians. Then the last one, many people may not agree, but I believe it, is the book of Hebrews. They are books of doctrine. All the other books, like um, Letter to Timothy, and, they are not books of doctrine, they are books of application, of how to live life. Uh, Colossians, he just took what he wrote in Ephesians and adapted it for the Colossians. That's what he did there. If you see Galatians, in a book of vexation. You understand my point? <laughs> it's a book of correction. You know, they, they had left the things he taught them earlier. But those books of doctrine, Romans, Ephesians is one of them. Now, let's just look at that Ephesians quickly. If you, don't bother opening here yet until I tell you where to open to. If you read Ephesians chapter, in the book of Ephesians, from chapter 1 into chapter 2, into chapter 3, into chapter 4, all he was doing was establishing doctrine for us. Then from verse 17 of chapter 4, he now began to teach us how to work practically so that these doctrines he has established from chapter 1 to chapter 4, verse 16, will become real in our lives. So we say things like, so I say this, and I affirm together with the Lord that you no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding because they were excluded from the life of God. See, that was what happened to them. When you are excluded from the blessing of God, you become darkened in understanding. You don't know what you are doing. When the spirit of a curse wants to activate in somebody's life, he will tell them, be very smart, be sharp. Don't mind these people. Though. Next thing you start doing shady business. Within five, ten years, it's a spiritual... Now listen, I want to talk about the, the third level. The activation is not direct. What I'm saying is that it's not as if, if you do bad business. If you do business the unbelieving way, you will not make money. No. That's not the activation of, a poverty, of poverty. The activation is that when you lie and cheat, God will not destroy your works. Do you get my point? It is not as if you end up learning bad ways of doing business. No. Your ways may be right in the eyes of the world and productive. They may be teaching it in, in business schools. But when you go against the principles of heaven, you will now plant and God will withhold rain. You will plant, he will send locusts. But he will not, he can't send the locust or withhold the rain just because your grandfather sent. He will send the locust and withhold the rain because three years ago, when you harvested, this was what you did. You took your neighbor's field 
You are an Israelite. I told you, first fruit belongs to me. You don't harvest the edges of your field. Every third year, you bring a tithe into the temple. Now, that's for Israel. I'm not telling you to go and tithe and go and do first fruit. Don't, don't, don't miss. I'm, I'm talking about Israel now. I hope I get my point. Uh-huh. So there are things I have told you to do. You don't do them for first year, second year, third year. Sometimes you might wait for you for seven years to repent. You don't repent, then I drive you from that land. How do I drive you? Next time you plant, no rain. Next time you, you, you plant, no dew. Next time you plant, locusts. Why? You were breaking at the soul level the principles of heaven. In the same manner, if you start cheating people in your business, when you cheat somebody, you say, this man is very wicked. God punish this man. They keep on accumulating God punish you. Then one day, you're in, I'm telling you the truth, you have a container of the road coming. Customer will just seize it. For no reason. Or that, that driver will just stop, say, man, see correct drink here. He thinks it's normal beer. He doesn't know that it's beer from Congo. Normal beer has 5% alcohol. This one has 40. He drinks, ah, he hits him like this. Then he starts driving your truck. Then they will fish both him, the truck, and your goods out of Ojiriva. It's not a mistake. It's a curse that was activated. So you see Paul say, telling believers, because, you know, in that same book of Ephesians, he said you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places in Christ. He said that is the reason why you have to be careful how you walk. He said don't walk like the Gentiles walk. They walk in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. They are excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the hardness of their heart. They, having been callous, become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. Can you see that? In verse 22, it says, You are to lay aside your old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. He said, You are to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. I'm in 24 now. Which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness. Therefore, lay aside falsehood. Which verse is that? 25. Yes, I want to just change translations as well. He says, Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Get rid, I'm jumping now, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. 32, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving, just as Christ, through Christ, has forgiven you. Imitate God. Next chapter, verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Verse 4. Let there be no obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, make it a habit to be thankful to God all the time. Be sure that there is no one among you that is immoral, impure, or greedy. Because know that no such person will inherit the kingdom of God and of Christ. He's talking about those who are already blessed. So don't forget that. Don't be foolish. 
Carefully, verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worldly deeds of evil. Now, you can, I can continue like this, like this. That's how he got down to verse 21. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. That's 25. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's chapter 6. If you see, everything now practical. 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 Why? If you don't get involved in these practical things. Are you getting it? If you don't get involved in these practical things, the blessings that are confirmed and settled from chapter 1 to that verse 16 of chapter 4 will not become active in your life. The same Paul wrote it when he was writing to the Corinthians. He says, seeing that you have these promises, now what do you begin to do? Begin to cleanse yourself of all defilement of flesh and spirit. These are the things that defy the flesh. I hope you're getting my point. Three levels of human life and experience. First level, spiritual. For the believer, let's discuss the spiritual for a few minutes. Now you say amen to this. For the believer, all their sins have been forgiven. All ancestral curses have been broken. The shed blood of Jesus Christ washed them away from all their sins. It doesn't matter the sins of the ancestors. It does not belong anymore in the life of the believer. The curse of Noah, the curse of the ancestors, the curse of Gehazi has been wiped away from their lives. Say amen like you believe it. Okay, wiped away from your life. Once somebody has believed in Christ Jesus, all things have passed away. All things have become new. Everyone who has believed is now a child of God. Everyone who has believed has a right to all the promises of God. Everyone who has believed is more blessed than even a Jew. He has a superior blessing than the one that Jacob had. The blessing of Abraham belongs to the one who has believed in Christ. If you have believed in Christ, just spend a minute and give a lot of thanks. Say, Lord, thank you for these things. That is spiritual level. It's been taken care of. Poverty has been broken. Unfruitfulness has been broken. Hereditary problems have been broken. That is the reality of the believer in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now that you have said thank you to that, that means you have claimed all of these things. Now this is the word of the Lord to you. Now for this things to work in your life on a regular basis, you have to learn two things. One, to leave behind the deeds of the flesh that the Gentiles were walking in because of their blindness. It's important. That's number one. Number two, you have to learn the works of the spirit. That is, walking in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. How do you walk that will be pleasing to God? That are the things you begin to learn. Now, when you have done those two things, what will happen, listen to this, is that God, because God is just. Let me tell you something about God. God cannot just bless you because you are his child. That's materially. He can't. What he does is that, he said, because you are my child, let me give you privileged information. These are the things you do that provoke and activate the blessing. How do I know? The Bible says, who is he that fears the Lord? Him he will teach in the way that he should choose. Do you get know what I'm saying? So one thing you enjoy as a child of God is that privileged information. So David said, come, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Paul said, listen, yes, you have these promises, but you have work to do. You, ha- you have work to do. That is the area where many people miss it. They say there's a blessing. God said, every blessing has precepts inside it. 
Go and learn the precepts attached to each blessing. Go and learn it. Go and learn it. Now, when you have learned it and you are walking in them, a combination of one, the promises of God and the spiritual blessing and the trigger that you are now doing in the second level will now activate physical blessing around you. All of this is to be able to say something. I think I will stop when I introduce it. Hopefully, I'll develop next time. At least, my bone will not have fire for the rest of the week. <laughs> we began this by talking about if God wants to create heaven, what does he do? He changes people. The people that he has changed, what happens to them, all right, is that God teaches them what he calls righteousness. For time's sake, you, I won't ask you to open to it. I'll read it out to you quickly. Second Peter chapter 3. We're reading it here yesterday. I wanted to read a long portion, but let me just quickly get to the one verse. I'll read three verses. Verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt with the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. I read that to emphasize the word or the phrase where righteousness dwells. It is not just the presence of the recreated person that creates heaven. It is the fact that this recreated person brings righteousness into the place. You hear what I said? At the beginning I said when God wants to create heaven, he changes people. Now I'm just adding one line to it. The people that he changes, how they affect the heaven creation around them is their work in righteousness. Let me get practical for a minute and I close. Let's take this nation that God has given us as a place where we're supposed to live and fulfill his word. You know, anytime I'm driving, I know why generally there's a lot of poverty. And this is a sad side. It will continue for a long time. Not because God does not want to bless. Because it's banky, wait, come. You self, try and bless these people, let me see. I said, sir, what do you mean, Lord? He said, let's go somewhere. Now, I'm painting a picture in my mind. And I'm not saying, let's talk to me like this. I'm just trying to paint something, a drama. Because, all right, this is the blessing I want to give everybody. We're going to get home on time. Home, there will be power there, food will be waiting. Is that okay? Now, now let's all drive from here and go home. Then God will enter my car and we are driving. Then we'll go to that junction and it blocks. And God looks at me. Why are we not moving? And I tell him, as an accuser of the people. <laughs> so in that junction, people are so impatient. And you, you, you all know what I'm talking about. You see, it happened to us yesterday. A journey of maybe one kilometer, we had to take four to bypass the impatience of human beings at that junction. There's no bad spot there, you know. Sometimes the traffic light is working, sometimes it's not working. But there's absolutely no reason under heaven, apart from human behavior, why there's ever a holdup on this road. Because it should be a promise that we all get home and eat nice dinner and rest. But now we are going to be here for three hours. Why? Your people. I hope you're getting my point. I, one thing Ben Murray Bruce used to say those days, that's why he started talking about um, common sense. He said we are broke on purpose. 
He said, the reason why Nigeria is broke is that the people like being broke. You want to know the truth? It's not a lie. Like in Nigeria right now, they tell me that people, that there's no work. Anybody saying there are no jobs is not employing. Did you hear what I said? I'm not saying it's not looking for work. It's not employing. Every employer I have seen, from the small to the great, from those who are looking for cleaners to those who are looking for engineers, they have the same thing to say, that there is nobody to work. You ask for cleaners, nobody wants to sweep. You ask for engineers, they can't join a fuse. You interview the engineers, he gives you a BS in engineering from the university. And you ask him one simple question, he's moping at you. Why? Because he cheated his way into secondary school. He went to a school where he didn't have to read. They just promoted him because his parents were paying money. They cheated him work. One good his way into university. Sorted his way through university and collected the BSc in engineering with nothing in his head. God said, Banky, how am I supposed to bless such people? If they like, let them repent and be washed in the blood 500 times. Hmm? Until they go back to university and go and learn the engineering. I can't bless them. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I look around. God said, look, in your country, Banky, I don't need natural disaster to keep people poor. The people behave in a poverty-ridden way. If I give them a good road, they will dig it at night to pass a pipe. If I make the roads good, they will eat an orange and throw the rubbish out on the highway. Say, Banky, how do you bless such people? If I make flowers grow in front of their homes, they can't trim it. If I give them power and give them a meter, they bypass it because they don't want to pay the power company. Their behavior is rotten. They can never prosper. Then they turn around and look and say, the head of state is supposed to make us prosper. And Jesus says, and listen to me carefully, even if I wear the head of state, I can't make you prosper. People don't know. I say, Christians say, hi. Jesus said, "Mm -mm -mm. I went to my hometown. Could I do mighty work? Did I have the anointing? Answer for him now. Did I have the anointing? But I went to my own hometown. Could I do any mighty work? So don't just assume that if Jesus is the head of state, everything will go away. Now I lie. Jesus said, the only way everything will go away is when I come with my anger and I kill everybody. And I bring a new generation that I will train in righteousness. Except there is righteousness. There is no heaven. It's not just the fact that gods have been made out of people. It is that they have now entrenched what? Righteousness. Let me end the message here. I will talk about this further next time. God helping me. What I want to emphasize here is this. Listen to the people of God. You have two duties. I was going to read it. We don't have time. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt is the reason why he's patient with people so they don't destroy us. Light are the people who will teach the rest how to behave in such a manner that heaven is created around them. Because in this nation, listen to me carefully, the blessing of heaven has been released. Now that's not a, not a wish word. It's a truth. It's a truth. We have prayed. We have prophesied. Because you know what's the next thing you need? You go around the villages teaching them the right thing to do. This nation is ready to receive heaven because of the people of God who have prayed, who have prophesied. Because they know heaven will not come until those same people 
David Paulson says something. That just 5% is needed to change an environment. What am I trying to say? For example, you go to the office. Get there on time. Everybody comes late. Be amongst those who go to work on time and do their work dutifully. Clients come in, they never look at the hand of the client to give you something. Do your service, be content with your wages, and look away from grafts and gratifications. Please, I will say it practically. Get to a traffic stop. Stop. When it says red light, stop. Everybody else is passing. Do you look like everybody else to you? Somebody has to create righteousness. You stop. That's what was meant by you are the light of the world. You know what I've noticed? Anytime I'm driving in traffic, when I stop, the next guy stops. Have you noticed it? Then another one stops behind you. And after I wait, there's a line of stoppers. You know who started it? What I have found out is nine times out of ten, I'm the one that starts it. Everybody just go, I just get the red light, I hit my brake, and I stop. Somebody listening to this from America is wondering, you mean you can do that? Please, oh, we are in a phase. <laughs> and it's not everywhere. This is a no-go. And um, our, what do we call our lasma? Our MOT. They have moods. There are times they come to enforce. So people normally obey when they are out enforcing. Uh-huh. But please make it a habit to obey so that God will not use you to teach. Uh, do you follow my point? But the one I'm trying to make is this. I just need to explain that. Because some people listening to this and wondering, like, do you people live in hell? That you people can just do anything you like at traffic stops? Because in their own country, nobody does it. Even if their motive is not there, camera is there. So I'm just trying to say something here. People of God, somebody has to teach righteousness. Those who practice righteousness and teach righteousness are the people that he called the light of the world. That is how heaven is created. Let's just give thanks this morning and end it there.